Welcome to the 11th episode of Talk and Eat TV. What can I say? This is the saddest podcast episode so far. I'm finna start crying right now. I'm like, my face looked like this because I just rewatched the finale for the first time. So, as y'all know, I watched the last episode of Walking Dead after 12 years, 11 seasons, and 177 episodes. The mothership is it's gone. It's gone. It's done. It's over with. As y'all know, and y'all saw in the vlog, I watched the finale live at the Walking Dead finale event here in LA. And I told y'all I didn't film a reaction video because of that. Y'all wanted a rewatch video. Shout out to Trail. So I just rewatched it. So I'm really in my Walking Dead feelings. And now it's Friday and I'm filming this and I'm about to upload it. So yeah, here we are. I got my plate. Proper Sunday dinner, just like they did in the last episode to really just pull on my heart. If only we had, don't get me started, because you know that Sasha and Glenn and Rick and Michonne should have been at that Sunday dinner, but it's okay. I got my fried oyster mushrooms. I got some cornbread, macaroni and cheese, green sweet potatoes. All, ain't no milk in this, this whole plate. Ain't no meat in this whole plate. Working on getting the recipes up on my website. Usually, you know, I come to y'all correct. I got my talking points mentally, and I'm just going through the whole episode in order. We're not doing that today at all. And as you can see, we're not yelling today. We're keeping it very quiet. Got me some kombucha. My favorite kombucha. Pull up in my glass. This is a special night. This is our celebratory, non-celebratory dinner. So, okay. So, this don't feel real. All right. I literally Googled the Walking Dead last episode recap because I don't even, I don't even have the mental capacity to do this right now. Let's just talk about the episode. How do I feel about the episode? The episode for me... I would say the episode is an A+. Plus. For where we are in the Walking Dead universe, and everything that has happened over the years, I will say that I am very happy with how the show ended. So, to everybody who ain't read the comic books, that ain't no excuse on my channel. I read all 193 issues of the comic books live on a daily basis on my YouTube. So go on my YouTube and watch me read the comics. If you don't want to buy the comics, you can watch me read them for free. So I'm about to talk about the comic books. So the comic books ended with Rick being murdered by Sebastian in his bed. Sebastian came in the room and literally shot Rick when Rick was in his bed. They kept the same thing with Sebastian in the show. He didn't kill none of our people, but he was still very much a piece of shit. Michonne was the Supreme Court judge. How else did the comic books end? Carl was on trial for killing walkers that Herschel had as like a fun display, like it was a fucking show. And people would pay to see. So Herschel was a bitch. Carl was with Sophia, had kids with her happily ever after. That's like the main part of the ending of the comics. Now the show 
Michonne is gone. Rick is gone. Daryl is the main character in the show at this point, but Daryl don't exist in the comic books at all. They made that role just for Norman. He auditioned for Merle, didn't get Merle, but they liked him so much, they made up Daryl for him. Carl, dead. Sophia, been dead. Herschel's still alive, but he not a bitch, like in the comics. So, we've talked about it over the years, but just for where the show is, at this point in time, and what they could have did with the characters that they have in just all circumstances, I really do give it an A+. They got an A for the episode. The plus is for the Rick and Michonne ending. So good. Would I have liked to see Carl alive? Of course, but we've been grieving Carl for years. Still mad they killed him. But we don't have that. So comic books aside, the ending of the show was an A. I don't have no complaints. They made sure they had me crying from beginning to end. Ooh, shout out to the actors. Okay, so... You know I had to make the comic book comparison. So now let me just see. So. I'm so out of it y'all. The episode started off. Exactly where we left off. They outside whooping ass. Trying to get out this herd. Jules first casualty. Jules was the first casualty. And when I tell y'all, I felt so bad for that lady. But I'm just like, ooh, I'm happy. It ain't nobody I fuck with. I felt so bad for that lady. I really did. Really, I felt bad for Jules. Looking at her in utter despair as the walkers took her. And then him trying to go back and save her. Is why he ended up getting snatched up by a walker and getting bit. In between his calf and his heel. So at that point, I'm like, okay. The episode started off with a two-person body count. Started off that way. I'm like, oh, shit. I wasn't ready. So, now, let me see what this thing say. I said, I love how I said I didn't need the notes, but I'm remembering the episode in order. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this part. Oh, I just thought about it. So, in my reaction video, usually I let the recap play. Sometimes I skip it, sometimes I don't. I skipped the recap, and it skipped the intro when Daryl and Judith was in the hospital, and she had to close the door for the walkers. Sorry. I, because I saw that part already, I didn't think about it until I looked at this. So... Before the two-person body count, Daryl is busting to the hospital with Judith because she shot in the chest. Shot in the chest by Pasty Pam. Been waiting on her to get hers ever since we met her. In the comic books, too, there was much more focus on the trial itself and not necessarily just the Commonwealth. I do like the trade-off in the show getting more commonwealth and seeing how they work and what they've been doing to the civilians. I really like that trade-off. So the that part of the commonwealth storyline, I like it better in the show than in the comics. In the comics, it was really all about the trial. 
And then the show, the trial was just a piece of an episode. It wasn't a big deal. So I will say that. So, Daryl busts into this hospital with Judah. She shot. She passed out. It's a lot going on. And he's running around screaming bloody murder because he needs some help for the child. Him not knowing that Pam has taken all troops and all supplies from the hospital so that all the civilians could film for themselves and die pretty much. Like y'all on y'all on y'all own. So him not knowing that he run into the hospital screaming help. Then get hit in the face. It looked like with one of them assault rifles. It don't look like they punched him in the face. And that black eye was too big for it to be a punch. That black eye was damn near a quarter of his face. It was so bad. So he knocked out on the ground. Judith Cedar Walker's coming in. She's limping out the bed, trying to stay awake. She had just enough strength and just enough speed to block them walkers from getting into the hospital and passed out on the floor right next to Norman. Remember when that was just a trailer? Now we know what actually happened. Shout out to Kaylee Presley Fleming. That girl is our Judith. I am so happy that they didn't do a time jump and give us a new Judith. It was crazy because when I was at the live event, it was some people, some other fans sitting in the audience, and I heard them saying how they wanted a time jump. And I looked, and I'm like, Kaylee is really the first Judith we ever had. The babies don't count because Judith is our apocalypse baby. Lori got pregnant during the apocalypse had her in our abandoned prison. Maggie had to cut her out of her stomach. Like, this is really our apocalypse baby. So we've had different babies of her over the years. But when they did the one time jump to give us Kaylee, that made perfect sense. And Rick was gone and Daryl and there was a lot going on. It made sense to do a time jump at that point. So I am so happy that they did not do another time jump just to give us an older Judith. Because I don't fucking know this girl. I'm not invested in her. So I'm very happy. That would have been a big complaint if they would have did a time jump. Now... For Rick and Michonne, if they do a time jump and keep Kaylee, but give us a new RJ, that would be nice. Because that little boy, I'm, I'm just, it's just, we, we could do better. And that's, that's just it. We could do better. So, I was happy about that. Then that's when the Jules and Luke thing happened. And that's when we get to Rosita and them. Now, we all know Rosita can fight. No surprise there. Rosita has picked up a lot of skills along the way during the apocalypse. Like, Rosita know how to make and disarm bombs and do all kind of shit. She didn't learn over the 11, 12 years we've been in this post-apocalyptic world. So, nothing that Rosita know how to do surprises me. But... Ever since she had her child, we've gotten to see a different side of Rosita. She ain't out here just trying to fight and get into any fight just to fight. It has to be a life or death situation or her child got to be in danger or something. They finally make it to the children's home. We've been trying to get to the children's home for like three, four episodes. 
And if you notice, the children's home, they came into room number seven. I don't know how big the children's home is. I would have liked to see it, but, you know, they had a lot they needed to squeeze into this last episode, so it's fine. But they go in room number seven, and it's at least... It's definitely less than ten. Because just in the room with Coco alone, it was at least, like, four walkers in there. With the kids. With the other... Well, it was three kids in there. It was Coco, one of Jerry kids... And I don't know who that other child was. Please comment and tell me right now in the chat who that third child was. Coco was obviously one. One of Jerry's kids was obviously the other one. Was that third one another one of Jerry's kids? Because I thought Jerry only had like one kid that was little and then the other two was kind of older. So I don't know. So Rosita going there whooping ass. Full mama bear mode, going in there to go save her baby. It's 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 not a game. It's not. When they got in there, they see that them walkers then killed every last babysitter. Every last babysitter in the damn children's home. Again, the Commonwealth civilians just proved to be fucking useless when it comes to survival. These people can't fight. They can't do shit. I don't know if there were more walkers in there than what we saw, but I don't know. Every last one of the adults dead on the floor getting ate up by walkers. That shot that they showed us in the beginning, the first shot of the children's home where their arm was getting ate up, crazy. So, I don't know. Did it get overrun with walkers? I don't think so because if it would have got overrun with walkers, then the, all the walkers would have still been in there eating their bodies instead of just them few that was in there. And Coco was screaming bloody murder, so any walkers that was around would have been in there. So, yeah, I don't know. The Commonwealth civilians just continue to prove that they're fucking useless when it comes to surviving. All of y'all adults couldn't get them few walkers. Like, I understand that we're all not Michonne and we can't all take out a dozen walkers by ourselves with a sword at once. I get it. But come on. All y'all adults could at least take two walkers apiece. It didn't look like those was the variant walkers neither. So, but one thing that the babysitters did get to do, I don't know which one it was, was Flip the crib upside down, and they had the cri the kids in the crib upside down, so at least the walkers could, couldn't get to the babies and eat them. So that was nice. They got to do something. Keep them babies alive long enough until we got there. Thank God Coco was unscathed, but after Rosita shot several walkers right next to her ears, I don't know if her ears are okay. But hey, she had to save her child. Rosita ran in that room and instantly took out four walkers. Instantly. Maybe three, but I really want to say it was four walkers. That was a great little fight sequence. But, you know, we, we didn't see Rosita whoop many a ass over the years. So now, let's get to the big gasp moment. This is the part that hit everybody fucked up in the theater. So, 
Now, you know, women typically carry their babies in the front. Rosita got Coco strapped to her chest. Gabriel got kid number two on his back. And Eugene got kid number three on his back. Okay. Now we trying to figure out how to get out of this herd. Eugene, I didn't catch this the first time I watched it, which was nice being able to rewatch it for y'all, but also see stuff that I didn't catch the first time. So they were trying to figure out how to get out of this herd. And, you know, we climbed up the pipe that was on the side of this random building. When I was watching it for the first time in the theater, I literally screamed, why the fuck is Eugene going first? I knew that wasn't going to be good. Because why did Eugene get to climb up there first and leave us down here finna die? He's, he's the slowest one out of all three of us adults. Why do he get to go first? I did not catch that Rosita told Eugene to go up there. It was her always trying to protect Eugene. Her still protecting Eugene. Fuck Eugene. Y'all know I don't hate Eugene, but like in this situation, fuck Eugene. Rosita, climb your ass up there first. So, I did not catch that the first time. So, they trying to get out of this herd. Rosita see the pipe. She tell Eugene to climb up the pipe. He climbs up the pipe. Now, Gabriel taking his ass up the pipe. And I'm just like, the two people that I would prefer to die over Rosita get to go to safety first. Okay. Now, third, Rosita climbing her ass up the pipe. Rosita get about halfway up the pipe and then walkers on her ass. I mean, grabbing at her feet, her legs. Like, she would have been able to climb up that pipe just fine if them walkers wasn't on her ass so bad. They was on her ass. Rosita fell. I'm getting mad thinking about it. Rosita fell. Off the fucking pipe, off the side of the building into a herd about, it It looked like it was, I mean, it wasn't a herd because, you know, we didn't have thousands of walkers at a time. It was maybe about 50, something like that, maybe about 50 of them. She fell into the walkers. When I tell you, everybody in the theater, I'm talking about hands thrown, standing up, everything. Now, you know, Walking Dead love to fake you out with a death and make you think somebody finna die and they ain't really dead. I just knew Rosita was dead. Because it's the finale. I mean, I know y'all gonna kill somebody. Rosita fell into them walkers, y'all. Next thing you know, she jumped her ass up, killing all of them. I said, y'all gonna quit doing this to me. Stressing me out like this. And she had all of them clothes on. And I'm thinking she didn't get bit. The camera is on her the whole time. It's not like the camera cut, broke away. The camera is on her the whole time. She fell in slow motion. We think she did. And she just jumped up, killing all of them walkers. And she ended up climbing on top of the ambulance. And that's how she was able to get out of the herd. Then jump back on the pipe and climb up. Too much going on. Stress. It's giving the dumpster with Glenn. Y'all know how that went. We ain't going to talk about that. But, like, Glenn with the dumpster, like, even if, like, yeah, they made it seem like he was dead, but it's like, nah, you know what we always say? If we don't see them die on camera, they not dead. We have to see it. If we don't see them die, it ain't real. 
So it was either climb her ass up there. And um, she climbed on top of the ambulance after fighting through some of the walkers. The variance is climbing on top of the fucking ambulance. Like, we just can't get a break. And she managed to fucking Spider-Man jump onto the building and climb up and get through the window. So we like, huh, okay, that what they just scared us. It's fine. All is fine. Oh, no, little did you know we was going to be crying our ass out by the end of the episode once we found out she got bit right here. Which I still don't understand how she got bit. Maybe it was the walker that was under the ambulance. Like, how exactly did that work? She got bit right here. She had on two, three layers of clothes. I don't understand. If y'all can explain that bite to me, then you, you, you can explain it. So, yeah, it's crazy. So, since we talking about Rosita, we might as well get into the next part with Rosita. Because, you know, Rosita's the big finale death of the show. And I'm going to tell y'all this right now. The only reason I am okay with Rosita dying is because Christian asked. That is the only reason. I am. I haven't been watching the last few episodes of Talking Dead. I've been missing them. It's just, it's just. I just got a lot going on right now. Trust me. I need to actually watch them. But I've missed the last few episodes of Talking Dead. I had been trying to get in the Talking Dead audience for years and never got to get in. So the fact that I got to go to this finale event and see the finale live in the theater with the cast, the party, the whole thing, and Talking Dead, I have no complaints. I have no complaints. So. During Talking Dead, Christian said that she asked for Rosita to be killed because she knew she would never get to play that character again. Well, she said she knew she'd never see her again, but yeah. So, it's the end of the show. She don't got no spinoff or nothing. So, Christian asked for Rosita to be killed. And Angela Kang said it was a lot of requests that people had for the end of the show. When I tell y'all, I'm so happy. So... That is the only reason that I'm dealing with it. Because if Christian is okay with it and she asks for it, then I got to be okay with it. Crazy. So. And two. It's the end of Walking Dead. They got to hurt us at least one more time. Because if it would have been Eugene, I wouldn't have cared. If it would have been Gabriel, I wouldn't have cared. Most people... I wouldn't have cried over. And other people's spinoff shows are already announced. So we knew Negan, Maggie, Carolyn, Daryl wasn't dying. You know, Daryl has the thickest plot armor of all. The most popular character of Walking Dead. So um, we knew Norman wasn't going to die. It's fine. But as far as any of the other people, Rosita's the only one. That made me cry in a long time. I don't think I've cried over a walking dead death since Glenn. I can't remember if I cried over Tara or not. I know y'all love that reaction video. So please tell me, do y'all remember if I cried on the Pike episode? Because Tara was the person on the Pikes I cared the most about. I was so happy I got to see Alana at the event and say hi to her. You can't tell me shit. So... I don't know, y'all. Comment below and let me know. 
But I definitely haven't cried this hard in a long time. But yeah, it was hard. I can tell you right now the top times I've cried in Walking Dead history off the top of my head. Herschel's death, Carl's death, Glenn's death, Rick's exit, Michonne's exit in the last episode. I think that's six. Like, I cry all the time for Walking Dead at the drop of a dime. But as far as boo-hoo crying, like, like, it was them top six, period. So, when it cut to Rosita and them once they were safe, that was when I knew she was big. Because she didn't even have to say it yet. When they panned the camera to her face, when she was just sitting there looking at her daughter, smiling, just rubbing her face, looking at her daughter, I said, God damn it, she's big. I knew she was big. Y'all know whenever people get bit by a walker and they gonna turn, y'all know how they, they eyes start to discolor? They get like this ring of color around their eyes. As soon as they pan the camera and I saw she was pale and around her eyes was discolored, I was like, oh my God, they done killed Rosita. And Rosita and Ezekiel were the top two people I was worried about being killed off. Because as you know, Ezekiel been ducking and dodging death for real, not a game. Ezekiel passed his comic book death because in the comic books, he was on the pikes. In the show, he had cancer. All out war, everybody in the kingdom was slaughtered. All of his people, his whole community was slaughtered. Ezekiel has been ducking and dodging death like the fucking Matrix, y'all. And he just, and yet I smile. Ezekiel has made it. And I am so happy for him. So, Ezekiel, and too in the comic books, Rosita was on the Pikes. So she died like that in the comic books. And ever since the Pike episode, y'all been saying that Rosita is going to die. Like, y'all just know Rosita is going to be the one that they kill. And I'm just like, no, kill Gabriel. It wouldn't have the same effect as killing Rosita, but damn. So that was the one, y'all. And Eugenia was just a crime and I'm like same Eugene oh my god I did so much crying at that theater it was so so good and just now I didn't cry as hard as I did at the theater obviously because I knew what happened but I was still crying and I'm like girl why are you crying this is just a TV show but those who get it get it so ooh, I can't wait for summer ooh, I'm gonna start crying now I gotta stop Oh, my God. It was your Rosita and Eugene exchanging the I love yous for me. Like, we knew that already. But Rosita even stood by him when Abraham didn't feel like it. When he lied and said he had the cure. And they protected him all of that time in the apocalypse because he was lying. Abraham was about to beat that man to death. And who stepped in to save him? Rosita, Maggie, and Tara. Or Abraham would have killed that man. Like Rosita has genuinely stuck with Eugene through thick and thin. Crazy. Mm -mm. 
I'm not going no particular order. Whenever I can't think of something, I'm going to look down at my phone. So. I'm going to just go back to Judith. Now that we got the Rosita part out the way, that was the big death of the episode. We're going to talk about the end at the end. Now, let's get back to Daryl and him at this hospital. So, Daryl in the hospital. And he wake up with a black eye. That's a quarter of his face. And Judith is unconscious in the hospital bed. Not losing as much blood as Luke, but she's losing a lot of blood. They show Luke in the other hospital bed on the other side of the room. Luke is basically completely bled out at this point. Like, he really finna die. Like, that's just what it is. He really finna die. And, um... That's just, that's just what it is. He really finna die at this point. So... This was the thing. They had cut his leg off already because, you know, like if you get bit somewhere, if it's a body part where you could cut it off, then cut it off so the infection don't spread and you don't die. Getting your body parts cut off don't always work, so Luke bled to death. When I tell y'all that that's one of the best scenes in Walking Dead history. Them girls, Eleanor Matsura, what's Magna name? I know her name. Nadia Hilker. Connie's name, what's her name? What's her real name? It's um Lauren Ridloff. And then Angel Theory. When I tell y'all them four, them four women were in their bag. Greg Nicotero said that I don't whatever day that they had shot that scene, that was the first scene they shot that day. Could you imagine being 20 minutes in your job at work? You've been at work 20 minutes and you are just giving it your everything. I mean, I'm sure they ain't have nothing left after that. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about them ladies is just just, I mean, just, they, it's just, just beyond me, the way they was crying over this man as he was bleeding out to death, and they couldn't do nothing about it. The hospital was empty, all the doctors was gone, it wasn't shit they could do about it, and Luke is passing, and he's trying to tell them to go in his pocket. Connie goes in his pocket, y'all, and it's his harmonica, took me out, as if I wasn't already crying, because these ladies is just coordinate 100% into this scene. That was crazy. And they was like, yes, we'll always play music forever for you. And I'm like, not his harmonica. <laughs> oh, so sad. Oh, so sad. So that was, oh my God, that was crazy. I didn't catch this the first time I watched it, but with Magna, when she kissed his forehead, I'm talking, did y'all see the snot string from her nose and mouth on his forehead? I'm talking about them ladies was really crying. Like, I didn't even catch the snot. Man, I mean, ooh, it was so bad, y'all. That was a top-tier Walking Dead scene right there. That acting, them ladies would have fit right in on the Negan lineup. 
for 616 and 701, they would be great on the lineup because clearly they know how to get there emotionally. So, that was crazy. So, Daryl and Carol is just over there to the side trying to keep Judith together. So, Daryl sees that Luke just bled out. So, he's like, shit, Judith not about to bleed to death on my watch. So, what Daryl do? Daryl says he's going to give Judith some blood. And he asks Carol, do she know how to do it? And Carol says, yes. I, my auntie know how to do everything. Fight me. My auntie know how to do everything. Carol is literally a fucking Swiss army knife. It's crazy. So, Carol knows how to do it. So, which is fine. And Carol was like, yeah, I know how to do it, but you have to be a match to her blood. And Daryl was like, he's everybody's match. Merle used to make him sell his blood when he was a child. <laughs> he really grew up that way. That is insane. Shout out to Merle. R.I.P. to Merle. Not the best big brother, but man. Crazy. So, Daryl must clearly have type O blood to know that he could give blood to anybody. So that was crazy. And I wish it could have been a little more sanitary because y'all know how I am, but it's the end of the world. We got we to gotta do what to do. They had the butterfly needle and everything. I'm like, when I was watching, I was like, damn, y'all are going to at least rub his arm with a little alcohol and clean his arm first. Like, he running around with all this damn dirt on him. So... Daryl's standing there with the butterfly needle and the um the IV and they got it in Judith's arm and he's giving her blood. As soon as Daryl started giving Judith blood, why all the walkers is busting into the building from all sides? Like it was at this point where we knew we could wait no more. So that was when the whole fight sequence trying to get out came and Daryl closing her room door. And putting the bed in front of the door, like how Shane did Rick in the hospital. You know they had to take a nod back to the first couple of episodes of Walking Dead. Had to had to make a throwback and nod to Rick. It was with Judith at the end of season eleven. It was a lot of nods to Rick, Carl, and Michonne, the people who raised her. It was a lot of that. That was crazy. So. That was crazy. Oh, my God. Daryl put the hospital bed in front of the door. It just had Shane D. Rick. <laughs> oh, good. Mm. And then, as you know, they got out of there eventually. Eventually. Bust Mercer out of jail. Shout out to Princess. Paola said that when they first had filmed that scene, Nicotero was like, did you know you squealed? And she was like, what? And when I tell y'all, I thought that was the funniest shit in the world. Paola literally squealed jumping into Michael James Shaw arms and having to do that same. Relatable. Because same. That's the footage I'm going to see. They need to release a movie of Walking Dead bloopers from season one to eleven. Like I would play, I would pay for that. Fuck behind the scenes inside the episode when they sitting down talking. No, fuck that. 
I want a whole movie of bloopers from every fucking episode of the show. All 177. All the funniest bloopers. I need all of that. So, that was great. So, they had went and bust Mercer out of jail. And you know Mercer know the whole Commonwealth. He know the whole Commonwealth. Inside, out, up, down, left. So, Mercer helped us get into the estates. And that's how we ended up getting Judith to Tommy so she can get some help. Shout out to Tommy. I just love that we got a doctor in the family. Very nice. Not just a doctor, a doctor in the family. Miko, brother. We love to see it. Even though I would have obviously preferred Michonne in the Commonwealth, it was nice seeing Yumiko get Michonne's storyline. Being the lawyer instead of Michonne. So that was nice. We still got the storyline, just a different character. So, yeah. And I'm also so happy that they didn't make Lil Herschel a bitch. Like he is in the comic books. Because I am too invested in that child. Too invested. Speaking of comic book versus the show, let me get back to that real quick since this is the end of the, the end of Walking Dead. This is it. I'm gonna just go down the list off the people off the top of my head. I might as well just start with my favorite characters. All of these people that I have figurines of. Negan. Much prefer in the show. Michonne. I love both of them, but I'm gonna take show Michonne. Carl. That's hard. TV Carl. I just wish TV Carl didn't die. I'll take TV Carl. Rick, I will take this Rick because comic book Rick was getting on my nerves sometimes. Daryl does not exist in the comic books. You know we love Norman. Sasha. I don't think Sasha exists in the comic books. Tyrese, her brother in the show. Tyrese exists in the comic books, but Tyrese had a daughter. And in the TV show, Tyrese didn't have a daughter. He had a sister. I don't think Sasha exists in the comic books, but we just gonna go with TV. And, um, Glenn. Love them both, but we gonna go with um, TV Glenn, of course. Maggie, I will go with TV Maggie as well over comic book Maggie. Most people I prefer the TV version of, as far as like my favorites. Carol, we... 10,000% prefer TV Carol because y'all know what comic book Carol did. And, um, Herschel, I like both, but I'm going to take TV Herschel. With other people who I feel very strongly about, I take comic book Tyrese over TV Tyrese any day. TV Tyrese was so fucking irritating to me. Like, he was, he was pussy. You can't afford to be pussy in a post-apocalyptic world. Like, you this big-ass football player. Like, sir, stop. Um, Andrea, comic book Andrea is top tier. TV Andrea is trash. The governor is trash regardless, but I will take TV governor because comic book governor was a serial rapist and I just fucking can't. Y'all know the comic books got real dark. Um... Who are some other characters in the comic books? We didn't even really get to know TV Sophia. I really, okay, so I would have to say I prefer comic book Sophia. Herschel, obviously TV Herschel. 
Hold up. Alpha with the whispers. Hmm. I'm gonna just say TV Alpha because we got to see the depths of her. Like she literally had her own prequel backstory episode. I don't know, but that's it for that. So yeah, what else happened? Let me see. This food is good, y'all. I guess I'm gonna just talk about the, I, I'm trying to, before I get to the point where everybody was at the estates, I'm just trying to make sure I talk about everything first. But everything pretty much after that else happened at the estates, I believe. So, they bust Mercer out of jail. And Mercer was like, I could get y'all back home to Alexandria. Like, y'all could leave. Like, this is not y'all fight. Y'all ain't got to stay here and fight with us. And, of course, knowing our people, our people was like, no, we finna stay here and fight. Ezekiel was like, these are our people. And this is just why Ezekiel is King Ezekiel. I wish he still called himself King because he's very much a king. So... Ezekiel is still very much the king in my eyes. So, that was great. So, we stand there to help them fight the Commonwealth. Figure shit out, take down Pam. So, we bust Mercer out of jail. And we knew once we bust Mercer out of jail, it wasn't shit else we were going to have to do to help him but stay damn fight because he got it figured out. He know the Commonwealth better than us. So, we all get together, and at the estates at this point, all of the civilians that are still alive are at the gates of the estates, crying, screaming, trying to get through the gates. They won't let them in because they're on Pamela's orders. She don't give a fuck. She don't give a fuck if they all die. Like, she literally killed them. She took away, she led the walkers to the Commonwealth. It'd it be the audacity for me. She led all of the walkers to the Commonwealth and then had the audacity to pull all the resources from the civilians and lock them out. <laughs> It'd be the audacity for me. So, I don't know the lady real name by heart, but the lady that played Pamela did a good fucking job. I mean, her and Lance, what? The actors that we be getting for these villains? Oh my God. Alpha, Beta, Lance, Pamela. Them some of the best villains we ever had. The actors are insane. Like, so good. So, shout out to the lady that played Pam. Because she played the hell out of Pam. And that's why I can't stand her. She really did her job playing that villain. So good. So, let's just get right to it. Mercer is trying to get his plan together and trying to figure out when to go get shit together. He figures it out when he sees the Commonwealth soldiers 
shooting the civilians that are climbing over the gate trying to survive. He, he was like, oh, hell no. People are dying. I can't just stand by and watch. So that was when Mercer went and did the damn thing because it, it mm -mm. you know what he said. It's his job to protect the Commonwealth. Fuck all the bullshit, all that extra shit, all the politics. His job is to protect the Commonwealth. So Mercer, that's what he do. So they get in there and Mercer come out. So they got Mercer at gunpoint, but he runs the army. Like, come on, get serious. And then our people came out as reinforcements. Like, yeah, bitch, we here too. Oh, this scene was so good. Y'all got to see my rewatch video. It was so good, y'all. And um, with that, I'm trying to see what happened. I'm trying to remember it in order. Even though I just watched it. I want to say it was. They came out. They hit each other at gunpoint on both sides. And they was going back and forth. Words were said on both sides. And Gabriel is fucking sick of it. Now y'all know I love to talk shit about Gabriel. Gabriel ain't nowhere near my favorite character. But why, he be coming through when we need him to. I am always honest about that though. Gabriel, I don't like him, but he come through every time we need him to. From the very first time when we was in Alexandria and it was overrun with about a thousand walkers and Gabriel took Judith to the church and protected her all the way up until different instances, the reapers. And now at the very last episode, Gabriel then came through again. He was like, I'm sick of this shit. What the fuck is we steady sitting here hollering for? Gabriel walked over there. He said, I'm opening the gate and I'll kill whoever tried to stop me. I said, okay, sir. Okay, Gabriel. Okay. Now that, that's, that's the Gabriel I like. So Gabriel did it, y'all. He came through and it was so good. So Gabriel got to the gate. I didn't realize this until watching it the second time. He didn't open the gate right away because he didn't have the key to unlock it. <laughs> That's why when he went to the gate, he was just standing there. And the Commonwealth soldiers had him at gunpoint. And our people had them at gunpoint. And um, they just basically realized that at this point they had to give up. Huh. Gabriel made the first move to open the gate. Then they hit him at gunpoint. Then hit come the Daryl reinforcement. Like, what the fuck are we doing? We don't got to live like this. And Daryl cussed Pamela out. He said, you built this place like the old world. That was a problem in the first fucking place. And... All it took was Gabriel starting it and a little bit of Daryl reinforcement. And what did the lady say that was working under Pam leading that part of the army? On your command, General Mercer. <laughs> See, got me spin my food out. 
You know, we love black people working together. Yes, Lord. We love to see it. So, that was so good, y'all. And then they had gave Gabriel the key. And Gabriel unlocked the gate and let in all the civilians. So, thankfully, all the civilians that were still standing at the gate made it, made it out alive. So, that was great. That was a very full circle moment for Gabriel's character, as we know, because him as a priest, when the apocalypse first started, he let his entire congregation get eaten up by walkers outside the church and listen to it when all he had to do was open the fucking door and let them in after they was out there crying and shit. That's the only reason the walkers even heard them. So locking his people out of the church and letting them all get eaten by walkers to letting in all of the civilians left alive at the Commonwealth. That that was, I mean, they tied that up with Gabriel. Full circle moment for his character. It was a lot of that this episode. Full circle moment for Gabriel. And when Mercer, no, no, no. After they let all the civilians in, Obviously, at this point, the walkers are at the gate now. So the walkers are at the gate. <laughs> I'm skipping a part. When all the civilians got in, Jerry and Elijah got in too because they were still walking with the walkers. But when that gate opened, they ran their ass through. When I saw Jerry, I was literally screaming. So... Jerry had made it through alive at that point. And remember when Jerry was screaming too, where's Nabil? Ezekiel was like, they safe. She's safe at Alexandria. Everything all right. So, it was no surprise to me, but Jerry and Elijah was alive. Praise the Lord. So, guess who was the main walker at the gate? <laughs> Good old Lance. What did I tell y'all in my reaction video when Lance got killed? I literally was saying how it would have been nice to see him as a walker. And the man who plays Lance actually wanted to be a walker. And he was happy he got to be a walker. That man, I don't know his name. Y'all know like all my favorite characters, I know their names. But that man that plays Lance, the again, the acting, y'all, he is such a good walker are you kidding me lance is one of the best walkers we ever had i mean that man plays a mean walker simon was one of the most memorable walkers too as far as like not somebody that was already dead before we met them like we knew him before he was dead so simon was a great walker lance was a great walker just as he was obsessed with Pam in real life, he wanted to bite. He wanted to bite that lady so bad, cause like, y'all know I felt weird about Pam and Lance's relationship, cause like every time she would like touch him or something, he'd be like, huh, huh, and I'm just like, sir, are you fucking orgasming every time you're in her presence? Like, relax. Lance was so obsessed with Pam, so when she got to see Walker Lance. Like the lady said on Talking Dead, it was like a magnet. Like, she don't want to 
be held accountable for all of the wrong that she has done. And for her, death is easier than going to jail and dealing with everything you did. Like, no, bitch, you going to jail. So the first time I had saw it in the theater, I'm literally screaming at the theater, no, bitch, you do not get off that easy. Do not let Lance bite you. Like, I was going to be so mad because she was going to go out like comic book Carol. Comic book Carol was just so overwhelmed and didn't want to deal with life no more. She walked into some walkers and let them eat her up. She didn't give a fuck about her daughter. No, none of that. It is just so great to me that we got Melissa and one hell of a better story in the show. So, Pamela was trying to get Carol's comic book death. No, that's not what we finna do, bitch. You finna go to jail and be depressed every day. You don't get to be the governor no more. And keep bamboozling people just like the United States government now. I told y'all. It was literally insane to me and blew my mind that the Commonwealth was able to replicate and maintain the modern American government, but post-apocalyptic. That is just insane to me. From the prison industrial complex to everything, a fucking scam. So the false sense of security, that is crazy to me. And when when Daryl told her, you built this place like the old world, that was the first fucking problem. I was like, yes! Somebody else said it. So no. Pamela, you going your ass to jail, Governor. You're going to jail. No, you don't get to kill yourself and get off easy. No. Judith was screaming at her, you don't have to do it, blah, 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 blah. Judith is so sweet. Like, girl, she just shot you yesterday. Crazy. So, Judith is way more forgiving than I ever be because if a bitch shot me, I'm not going to be telling her to not kill herself because there's a better way. Like, no. I probably wouldn't have said nothing because in that moment, I would have been like, bitch, you don't get off that easy. And she really would have killed herself then. But yeah, that was great. And, um, Maggie ended up putting down Walker Lance so that Pamela wasn't able to get off that easy. That was like another kind of little full circle moment for Maggie. Like, nah, bitch, you ain't getting off that easy. You going to jail. Oh my God. I'm missing one of the biggest storylines ever. Maggie and Negan. What the fuck? How did I miss that? So let's get into Maggie and Negan because that might be the last little part other than the very end. Now let's get into Maggie and Negan. Now, for the first time, it's been about what, maybe eight years since Glenn been dead at this point? Maybe seven, eight, something like that? Eight years since Negan murdered Glenn? So let's talk about it. After seven, eight years, Negan apologized for killing Glenn. Throw your hands up, y'all. Negan apologized for killing Glenn. I honestly, it's been so long, I hadn't even realized that he never apologized. But when he said he was sorry, I was like, oh my God. That was very emotional for me. And... Maggie just had to walk away because that was a lot for her. That was a lot. And people got to remember, when it comes to Maggie and Negan, it's only been a very short time since Maggie has been at home. 
Maggie has been away from us longer than she's been with us. Like she came back to us and when she left, Megan was in jail and he was never supposed to get out of jail again. So for her to come home to the shock of him out and about like a normal human being, that's still very much a thing. Like the last time she saw him, basically he, they was trying to kill him for beating her husband to death. Like, of course she's not going to like him. She ain't going to never like him. So that was woof that when has Negan ever apologized for anything I'll wait name all of the times Negan has apologized for something so that was crazy so after that and you know Negan wanted to kill Pamela this whole time and you know um Maggie hit ended up going with him after he had apologized or whatever and I'm happy that they went together because you see like Negan was like, hold on, don't shoot her yet. They're arresting her. But anyway, that was the whole thing with them too. And then the next part with Maggie and Negan was when Negan was sitting down mad at his business after he threw the whisperer mask. I'm like, now why you throw that? You know you might need that again. <laughs> she came and sat down in front of him and just told him exactly how she felt. When I tell y'all, I was in that theater crying. I'm talking about grown-ass men in the theater. All you hear is, that's all you hear. I'm talking about we all in there crying. Maggie had sat down later on after I guess she had gathered herself enough to be able to talk to Negan. And she told that man exactly how she felt. And it was eloquently written. I mean, perfect to the character, the storyline, down to the T, everything. Oh, it was so good. It was perfect. So, I am so happy that we, it doesn't resolve anything, but I guess it kind of, puts us at ease. I don't know if that's the way I want to describe it, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. That conversation was very much needed. That was just a loose end that needed to be tied up. And... I am so happy that that conversation finally happened. It was so good. It was so good. When she said Glenn was beautiful, oh my God, I was in that cry. I'm finna start crying thinking about it. I'm not doing that again. Ooh. One benefit of Walking Dead ending is I know that I'm not gonna be crying like this over TV <laughs> no more. <laughs> Cause no nothing hit like Walking Dead. I'm, I'm gonna have a little more strength when watching stuff now. Until the Rick and Michonne shit come out, but until then, I'm I, I'm I got I I gotta get my strength back up to even mentally prepare to watch that shit. But one the only one benefit about Walking Dead being over is me not having to cry over TV like this. So with that, um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, that was just great. She told him she was like, I can't forgive you. For murdering Glenn, but I could deal with it. Like I'm okay. She she was talking about how, like she didn't want her son to know somebody got that kind of hold over her. She just want to let it go. She don't want to be friends with Negan, but she just wants to not hate him, which is completely understandable. She said every time she look at Glenn, all she, every time she look at Negan, all she see is that baseball bat covered in barbed wire coming down on him, smashing his head in, and then. Him crying out for Maggie and Negan obviously mocking him and laughing and thinking it was fucking hilarious. So, Negan couldn't argue with that. And y'all know Negan liked to talk. He sat there and he shut the fuck up and he let her talk. 
that was one of the best conversations we've ever had in Walking Dead, period. That because it's a lot of conversations that have not happened in Walking Dead, or they happened and they didn't show us that they happened. So that conversation happening and then seeing it happen, oh, was it good? Oh, it was swell. Ooh, that was so good. I was, I, I needed that as the Glenn lover in me. Cause I just be ready to cry whenever they say Glenn. So yeah, we had um when I, you know, let me go back to it. When Mercer arrested Pam, when he said you are under arrest, oh my that was music to my ears. So good. Pam got arrested. And now we got to figure out how to get rid of this hurt. How are we going to get rid of this hurt? We're going to blow this bitch up. I like that whole sequence with blowing up the estates. But the only thing I did not like was the choice of song. Now, Walking Dead has never, ever, ever disappointed me with a song that they've played. But why did they pick this song? Cult of Personality? Really? Like, what? I mean, I like it just didn't fit with Walking Dead to me. It, it didn't fit. The sequence, everything was great, but I do not like the fact that they played that song. And it's not even that I don't like the song. I was just like, am I watching Walking Dead? What the fuck is this? As soon as the song started playing, I was like, uh-uh, this don't even go with the show. So I don't know. I would have rather heard, welcome to the jungle. I would have rather heard that shit or a song about blowing some shit up. What's, what's a good song that they could have played during that bombing sequence? I don't know, but... I didn't, I didn't like that song choice, but when they blew that shit up, it was good. When I very first saw it, when the record stopped playing, I thought that our plan didn't work and it wasn't going to blow shit up. But then when the thing, boom, I was like, oh, okay. Clearly, I don't know nothing about setting traps. Shout out to Eugene and um, Max and everybody for coming together to set that up. Ooh, it was so good. So they blew that bitch up. And one thing that I hope is that when they blew up the estates, they had like already took out like all of the supplies that Pam had pulled to the estates. Cause if not, you just blew all the supplies to smithereens too. So I don't know, but that was great. And, um, let's get to the end of the episode. Cause other than that, what we got to talk about Rosita, the ending, the dinner, Rick and Michonne. So let's get to it. So y'all, they had the dinner, the last supper. But this ain't the imaginary dinner with Sasha and Abraham, excuse me, pregnant Sasha and Abraham and Glenn and Herschel and Michonne and Rick and Carl. No, that wasn't our imaginary dinner, our 701 dinner. This was the Last Supper, quite literally. And it was so nice. I don't know where they got that big ass ham from, but they had a proper dinner. Like they had all kind of shit. Everybody kicking. It's a good time. And you know, Rosita just sit down and she just looking at everybody. And Gabriel go sit his ass next to her. And he's like, "Are you okay?" And um, she ended up whispering to him that she got bit. And of course, his face instantly changed, and he's ready to start crying because nobody knew in that moment other than Eugene, because she told Eugene, "Don't tell nobody yet." She wanted everybody to enjoy their dinner, and you know, just have a nice time. And Judith was looking at—I didn't catch this the first time I watched it, but you—I uh, was about to call her Kaylee, her real name. Judith was looking at Eugene, not Eugene, Gabriel and Rosita, and she instantly knew Maggie—not Maggie. She instantly knew Rosita got bit. That's how you know it's time for me to go to sleep. She instantly knew Rosita got bit. I was like, damn. So, you know, Rosita 
they go lay her down in the bed with her daughter because she's she's like dying at this point like the like she's dying at this point and um I'm surprised that nobody thought of anything earlier because you could literally see the rings around her eyes but TV logic I guess so you know they went and they laid her down you know she was got to sit there with her daughter and you know Daryl is not one for words you know he's not a man of many words so he's standing there looking and Maggie and Carol walked her in there laid her down and then um, Gabriel came in there and said a prayer over her and when I tell y'all that was the most beautiful prayer I have ever heard in my life like oh my I'm crying I'm finna start crying thinking about it he said a beautiful prayer over Rosita body and then took her daughter, obviously, so she don't turn it and bite her fucking face off. She kissed her daughter, you know. And then Eugene was the last one going in there to see her. And Eugene is distraught. You know, that's his girl, Rosita. He, there was no woman he loved and respect more than Rosita. That was his girl. And um, she told him she was glad it was him in the end. And those was her last words before she passed. And I'm like... You could take that so many different ways. Please comment below, like, how did y'all take it when Rosita said that? I'm glad it was you in the end. That was so good, y'all. Oh, that was so good. They laid Rosita to rest beautifully. And I'm so happy that they did not show them putting down Rosita. or And they didn't let her turn, obviously. Like, I am so happy. We just get to remember Rosita as Rosita. There is no Walker Rosita none of that so i'm i'm very happy with that and yeah walking dead got to hurt me one last time and uh eugene went and visited her grave put a little kiss he said a few words left her some flowers the first thing that i noticed was obviously her name on the plaque and you know eugene married i noticed that ring on his finger he had a um whole baby with max Max, her real life mama, that's her maternity dress, and she said her mama hates that dress, and she it's just funny to her. She wore it on Walking Dead. Hilarious. I thought that was funny. And um that happened, and of course, one thing about Ezekiel, he gonna give a speech. Of course, they gotta take us out with an Ezekiel speech. So Ezekiel is up there giving a speech, looking good in his new outfit, by the way. I'm loving Ezekiel's new outfit loving and he oh my god he looks so good and mercer i mean come on like it's mercer so come to find out ezekiel is the new governor and mercer is the lieutenant governor whatever and when i tell y'all that made me so happy and i'm like here's to two strong black men leading the commonwealth to prosperity yes oh that was so good that was a great way to end it. Ezekiel got his kingdom back, and he was fighting for it. Remember, Ezekiel never wanted to leave the Commonwealth. This was home from the moment he got there. So, And Mercer just wanted to protect the Commonwealth at all costs. Like, Mercer and Ezekiel, you know, they didn't necessarily get off to the best foot. So, Mercer and Ezekiel coming together, they're, they're undefeated. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. Man, Ezekiel and Mercer. I would love to live in that community. Great. And um, I'm trying to think of what else happened for the very end. Carol cut her hair. I did not catch that the first time I watched it. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm just used to seeing Melissa in everyday life with short hair. I, it didn't even, I didn't even realize that Carol cut her hair. Another transition for her. 
you know, Carol's hair is just dip. Carol's hair went from buzz cut shaved because her husband used to beat the shit out of her to her growing it out to the length that she wears in real life to very long hair Carol with the clip on the back to now Melissa, the way Melissa wears her hair every day. So that was great. Carol cut her hair. RJ still got the hat. I cannot wait for Rick to meet his son. God. Um, well, um, you know, everybody's just happy. Like, literally everything is perfect. There's no more fighting. We don't got to go survive. We're thriving. Genuinely thriving. Really, for the first time in the post-apocalyptic world, we're not just surviving no more. We're thriving. It's crazy. Um, can't really think of anything else that I haven't talked about already. Oh, yeah. At the Sunday dinner, the first time I watched it, I was like, where is dog? And then literally not even two seconds later, she gave dog some food from the table. I'm like, oh, my God, we still got dog. You know, Walking Dead love to kill animals. They hate, they fucking hate horses. They hate pigs. You know, they really hate horses. So I'm so happy dog is alive because Norman asked for a dog and I was going to be hurt if they killed his dog. So that was great. And um, Daryl and Carol basically had a Norman and Melissa moment because, you know, Daryl be out exploring and shit. He came back, was talking to Connie. How's the frontier? Daryl does not even giggle. Dara's not like the giddy, you make me feel funny, tee hee 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 type character. Like, Norman literally giggled when he was talking to Connie. Like, <laughs> girl, if you don't just kiss him on the cheek, like, please, like, can Donnie just give me something? They have this undeniable chemistry and it is fucking killing me. Like, please give me something. Girl, please, like. Leah has, no, she don't even make Daryl do that. He was stressed out with her because she always had a fucking attitude. To this day, I don't care what nobody say. Leah never would have got Daryl if Daryl was not down bad. Rick was dead, quote unquote. He was down bad. He hadn't been home in years. He was out in the woods living by himself in a very dark place. She gave him a little bit of life he needed in that moment. I mean, he was out here thugging so I don't care what nobody say Leah would not have gotten Daryl on a good day now Connie they need to figure something out because that's that's a missed opportunity like just give me just a little something just a little kiss on the cheek just please like I wanted that so bad if they would have just ended with a Donnie kiss on the cheek I'd have been so happy because he's too giddy around her like we get it even Carol told him she's noticed it. Like, come on. You can't deny it. Oh, it was, that was a, like, proper Norman giggle. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, that was great. And let's get, let us get to this Norman and Melissa talk, which they, Melissa really said it was, like, more of Norman and Melissa talk. Daryl was leaving. So, Carol's new job basically was Lance's job, but better. Because it's Carol, she's going to make it better. And, you know, Daryl be out doing what he do. And she was sad because, you know, he be leaving and she ain't going with him. And she was like, you're my best friend. I'm allowed to be sad. And I'm just like, like, oh, my God, that conversation was so good. They just sitting on the bench, just looking out at the scenery. And then at the end, when he was leaving again, saying bye to everybody, he was like, I love you. When has Daryl ever done that? Never. 
Name a time where Daryl has ever did that. Unprovoked. Unprovoked. He looked at her. He said, I love you. She was like, I love you. And I was like, we, I know you love her, but it still took me out that he said it. Y'all know Daryl is not a man of many words. Uh, they they just they just went down the list and was like, what is every way we can make them cry? Man. Before we get to the Rick and Michonne, I think that's it. Before we get to the Rick and Michonne, the Rick and Michonne, the Rick and the Michonne. I think that's it. I really think that's it. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of nothing else. That's really it. Let me read this thing. Look, I, I I pulled up these notes acting like I needed them, and then I didn't end up using them. Oh, yeah. I don't remember at what point, but, you know, they threw Pamela ass in a slammer. That girl is in jail. And she was talking, and her priorities are so fucked up, she don't even know that they're fucked up. Who's going to lead these people and make the hard decision? Who gets the fancy house? Like, that's what the fuck, what does Sasha say? That's what you worry about? Remember when Sasha said that at the dinner when we first got to Alexandria? Pamela's priorities are still very much modern day America. Pam, let it go. Like, come on, you, you holding us back. We trying to progress as a country here. And it was so good. Carol was like, at least we don't have to worry about who gets your house. Slam the door on her ass. And Pamela is just sitting there looking at Mercer in fucking disgust. Oh, that was chef's kiss. That was glorious. So good to get to see Pam ass in jail. Oh, my God. That was so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that when Judith, you know, remember when Judith was in and out, she had told Daryl that Michonne went to go find Rick. And then later on, she was like, she had brought it up or whatever, what I said about mom and dad. Daryl was like, is it true? She said, yeah, that's why she never came back. We never knew all this time if Judith had told Daryl about Michonne. But now we know she never did. Like, she genuinely, because she didn't want him to leave her too. She was like, damn, my mama, my, my mama gone, my daddy gone. Can I at least keep Uncle Daryl, please? So, that was crazy. Um, and then it came back later, tied in well, when Daryl was leaving again. He told Judith, he said, I'll find him and I'll bring them both back or whatever. Oh, I'm so good. And they ended with Daryl riding off into the beautiful scenery. The crops. Oh, it was beautiful. Them purple flowers or whatever that was. Did y'all see that Commonwealth um, scarecrow? Was that a Commonwealth scarecrow in them purple flowers? It, it literally was a Commonwealth soldier suit, but it looked like it was just to be up there as a scarecrow. I thought that was so funny. I didn't catch that the first time I watched it. And Daryl ride off, y'all. And the last walker of the walking dead was Greg Nicotero. Mr. Nicotero brought it in as the first walker. And Mr. Nicotero closed it out as the first walker. Oh, that was great, y'all. Greg was our first and last walker. Shout out to Greg and the team. They do a great job over there. Whew. Now, 
let's get into this Rick and Michonne because you know I can go, I can go, I could go all day. I could, I could go talk uh, for another thirty minutes just about this Rick and Michonne shit. So let me just start now. I'm at an hour and fifteen minutes and fifty eight seconds. Rick and Michonne. Now, as we know, Maggie and Negan's show is Dead City. We haven't got a name for Daryl's show. It literally said Daryl Dixon New City. New. It said Dead City New Series. Daryl Dixon New Series. Rick and Michonne New Series. So we don't got a name for Daryl. And unless they just name it Daryl Dixon. But we don't have a name for Daryl's show or Rick and Michonne's show. So um, let's just get to it. So screen goes black. We know the episode ain't over. We This is the last Walking Dead episode ever. We know they're going to tell us something. Y'all finna give us something, Rick and Michonne. The screen go black, y'all. Match strikes. Lights up. And it is Andrew fucking Lincoln. And when I tell you the theater was screaming when we saw Rick and Michonne, me, the theater, everybody. That was the loudest scream of the night. They showed Rick Grimes. We have not seen Rick. Only in flashbacks, which barely count. We have not seen Rick in years in real life and in the show at least twice those years that we haven't seen him in real life. That wasn't no old footage that they put together. No, 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 no. That's from the, the new shit that's coming out. We ain't seen Rick in years in real life and in the show at least twice as many years. Screaming, screaming. He's writing a letter and it cuts to Michonne. Michonne got a whole new look in her horse matches her look. I'm She's just continues to give. Like, she gives me what I don't even know that I need. So, basically, what happened with Rick, obviously, y'all have seen the clip probably more than once at this point, so I'm not going to describe the clip. I'm just going to say how I feel. That's really what this is all about. So, Rick was writing a note. He put the message in a bottle and threw that into the water. But, Rick is the one that put that bag together that Michonne ended up finding later on the boat through Virgil. We did not know that. Somebody had went through the bag, and that's why all the shit wasn't in the bag on the boat. Rick and Michonne, I mean, Rick and Judith, I'm not Rick and Judith, Michonne and Judith, that was Drew on that old iPhone, that old iPod, his boots and stuff like that. We never knew how that stuff got there. So... Come to find out, Rick has been trying to come home to us all these years. No surprise. No surprise. But we just don't know what he's been going through. So, Rick been trying to come home to us all these years. He's trying to escape the fucking CRM. And they own his ass. They don't want to let him go. Every time Rick escaped, they go get him. Like, come on, Grimes. It ain't nothing out here for you in this world. Come on. And Rick don't want to be a fucking CRM person and work for them. Rick want to take his ass home to his family. So, Rick has been trying to escape the CRM, but he has not been successful yet. So, what Rick did was take off his boots and make that bag and put everything together to throw on that boat. That way, that way, 
if he knew if one of our people found it, they would know that he's alive. Because we all know if Rick was dead, then Boots would be on his feet. Like, the season one Boots, the day one Boots, Rick Boots, Rick Boots. He's had one pair of shoes the entire apocalypse. Could you imagine having one pair of shoes for 12 years? Them Boots them been resold everything you could think of. He has had one pair of boots for 12 years. Not one pair of boots and switching between others. One pair of shoes. That's it for 12 years. So Rick is the one that took his boots off. When I had first saw Rick boots, I was like, did somebody kill him and take his shoes? But I'm like, no, they got to be something. Y'all ain't going to put Rick out just to kill him. Andy wanted to leave the show, ended up being a good way to stretch out the show and make it bigger, especially with this Rick and Michonne shit. And then Denai wanted to leave too, but you know, Denai be having a lot going on. So Rick is the one that took his boots off. Like he literally is leaving breadcrumbs for us to find him. Easter eggs. Just I'm out here somewhere. These is like y'all know. Nobody could have drew that picture about Michonne and Judith and put their names. His boots, unmistakably his, and I'm so happy Michonne found him because that's the best person to have found them was Michonne, other than if Daryl was to find the but Michonne. So, Rick has been leaving these fucking Easter egg breadcrumbs for us, and, you know, ever since Michonne found the boots in that phone, it's been over with after that, and right now, it looked like Michonne is still following this really big group, and the group is so big, there's thousands literal thousands of them and i can't tell if they're walkers or people like you could tell it's some people but it's so many of them i'm like can y'all zoom in please and so they showed us how rick stuff ended up getting on that boat rick had ran from the crm again and wrote a note and threw the shit on the boat and i guess that's why rick was smiling when the crm people had found him and picked him up he was just sitting there smiling, probably like, yeah, bitch, I left the Easter egg this time. Somebody going to find it. I don't know, but they ended it after that. And really, all I got to say is I'm very excited for Dead City. I'm very excited for Daryl's show. I'm very excited for Rick and Michonne's show. And I feel like that's why I'm doing so good with grieving the end of Walking Dead because I have three other things to look forward to. So for Walking Dead all together, that'd be five shows in the Walking Dead universe. We have The Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, Walking Dead World Beyond, Rick and Michonne, Daryl, and Dead City. Oh, that's six shows. So six shows all together in the Walking Dead universe. And because Walking Dead is my favorite show of all time, I feel the obligation to watch every show in the Walking Dead universe. I quit watching Fear the Walking Dead. And I maybe have missed about half a season to maybe a whole season max. Because I'm finished with the show at this point, and we waiting on all the new shit to come out. Among House of the Dragon and Harry Potter and all of this other shit that I'm watching, I'm going to go back and watch Fear. Just because seeing Lenny James in person at the Walking Dead live finale event reminded me of how much I love Morgan. Like, Morgan is the only reason I went and watched Fear. When he was announced that he was crossing over to Fear... I was like, well, damn, now I got to go watch Fear. I had never watched Fear. So before Morgan's season came out, I had to go hurry up and binge all of that. And then I started my reaction videos when Morgan came on. And then remember Alicia's painting phase and Fear just got so bad I couldn't fucking take it. Because 
Me personally, I can't watch bad TV. Like, I, I just can't do it. So Fear the Walking Dead was fucking garbage at a point. It was the best in Mexico, if you ask me. But um, seeing Lenny and hearing him talk about the new fear and then like some of my fellow reactors have been talking about fear. I'm like, damn, it's in the Walking Dead universe. I need to watch it. But I'm like, oh my God, it's so bad. But it's, it's looking up for fear. I am going to watch fear definitely over this winter. And um, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm get that up, y'all. The mother, the mothership is gone, so fear is going to have to get me through, even though it's not my preference, until Dead City come out. I feel like they're going to give us Dead City first, just because it already got a name. I don't know, but yeah, so that's it, y'all. I can't really think of nothing else to say. Oh, I don't think I ever read, oh, I did read Here's Negan. I never read my comic book, This One, Negan Lives. This actually need to be the next thing that I do on my channel. This will be the next thing that I do on my channel is read Negan Lives. But I'm going to read it live, just like I did all 193 issues of the comic books. And I know for a fact I read Here's Negan. I actually need to read Negan Lives. And, um, yeah, so that will be the next thing I do on my channel. And I'm not going to upload shit until, like, a week after all of this because... Y'all didn't got three videos this week. The live event vlog when I saw the finale for the first time. And then the podcast about the finale. And now the podcast about the last episode. Y'all ain't getting shit else out of me for the week after next. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs>